Welcome to Tilth Talk Radio. I'm your host, Matt Brueger. Today I am by myself as COVID has taken its toll on a couple of the guys and Max is on vacation. So here we are, a little old me by myself. Hopefully you'll still enjoy the podcast. So today we're going to talk about <clears throat> German dairy farming. We're going to have an interview with Wieder Schnitzel. And we'll get to that in a little bit. Uh, then we'll do our spotlight, which is some B-Rap. Egg History Minute, we'll talk about the invention of the bale nodder. In our Cool Beans That's Corny Current Events, we'll have some of the latest happenings out there in the agriculture world. And we'll finish it all up with an egg idiom for the week. So, since I'm by myself, I figured the best way to fill some time would be to do a little interview. But first, let's catch up with what's happened this week. Uh, it's been really warm outside, beautiful weather. I uh, can't ask for anything more. Wish we would have had more <clears throat> of this weather back in September, but uh, it wasn't too bad this year either. So, nice warm week. That'll be finishing up early next week. Looks like we're set to drop down into the 30s again. So, which is a little more toward normal for this time of year. The Packers walloped the 49ers last night. Aaron Rodgers putting on a clinic last night. Uh, 142, I believe, was his passer rating. He had four touchdowns, 300-some yards, and even ran it a little bit. So, uh, good to see Aaron Jones back last night as well. Those guys were really rocking the field last night running over the uh, depleted 49ers. And unfortunately, uh, Saturday will be a little bit lonelier here in Wisconsin because the Badgers once again had to uh, cancel their game with Purdue due to COVID. So, yeah, great. COVID's just running amok with our lives yet again. But there's always positive things to think about. So let's give Wieder Schnitzel a call. some technical difficulties here. We'll try to ring him up again. Yeah? Oh, hey, Vitor. How are you doing? I'm doing very well, thank you so, Vitor, my understanding is that you are uh, related to a friend of the show, and that would be Vernal Schnitzel, uh, the cranberry farmer from Vidum, Wisconsin. Is that correct? Yeah, I am cousins with Vida, uh, Werner. I am Vida, and I am a dairy farmer here in Germany. Oh, dairy farmer. Interesting. So what, uh, what can you tell us about dairy farming over there in Germany? Well, much like here in the United States, we milk the cows and we export the milk. Uh, we feed them grains and uh, there's more grass-fed type things over here. Oh, that's that's interesting. What kind of production do you guys see? Ah, well, usually we see about 7,746 kilograms per cow. Oh, okay. Yes, got to remember the metric system. And so what does that translate into as far as um, pounds of milk? Do you, do you have any idea? 
Yeah, so on an annual basis, that would be, I think, about 17,000 pounds per cow, as uh, you Americans would look at it. Oh, all right, that's interesting. Um, here, I think we get usually closer to 20, 23,000 pounds on average, so <clears throat> um, comparable, but a little bit less. Yavi have a little bit different diet, and uh, we do things a little bit differently in Germany. Oh, that's it's interesting, yeah. So um, what else can you tell us about in Germany? How many cows do you think are in the country? Uh, yeah, we have about 4.2 million dairy cows here in the United, in the, the Germany. Uh, it says uh, about 12 million cattle total and about 4.2 of those are the dairy cows. Hmm, interesting. And what does Germany do with its milk? Uh, well, much of Germany's milk is used to make a butter or uh, sometimes it goes into the milk powder to be stored. The EU is, has the goal of being self-sufficient when it comes to uh, producing our own products. So there are um, skimmed milk powder, cheese and butter are the main things that we send our milk for. Oh, all right. And being that you're part of the EU, do you guys do anything different as far as um, how you market your milk or is it um, just kind of on your own type thing? Well, in Germany, uh, Austria and France, we jointly analyze our markets and as, as the EU is considered uh, the United States of Europe, we have the production somewhat uh, jointly between countries. Well, that's interesting. Um, so what would you say is the most interesting thing that you've learned as a dairy farmer in Germany? Well... I think, uh, you know, it's it's very different here and we like to do our best as dairymen and so we, our cattle operations are very different. I have smaller herd. My herd is only uh, 30 to 40 cows. Okay, so you're considering yourself a smaller farmer. Um, so what else do you, is there anything else you can tell us about uh, what what's happening in Germany as far as how things are going. Yeah, well, in Germany we have uh, the cow's milk, some some organic as well as uh, the more traditional. So our definition of organic is different than uh, what you would have in the United States. So uh, organic milk, still higher price here, but... Uh, again, we don't use many of the GMOs and other things in feed. No, all right. Well, thanks for being here today, uh, Vitor. It was nice talking to you. Yeah, thanks for having me. It was a pleasure. Have a nice day. Yes, you too. Thank you. All right, so there you go, learning a little bit about uh, milk production in other countries. Always kind of an interesting little tidbit. And... Good to know that the U.S. is still up there when it comes to milk production, where 
tapping other countries as well, so kind of neat. All right, so now let's move into our spotlight for today. So today we're going to talk about B-Wrap, which is a new um, bale wrap that's available. So barn quality hay without the barn is kind of the advertisement they have. So you can use B-Wrap to preserve your best second or third crop hay. Um, It's also great for preserving straw and other crop residues. It works with John Deere 7 Series, 8 Series, and 9 Series round balers that are equipped for net wrap. All you need is a dealer installed B-Wrap kit. Uh, So it's meant to be more of a um, preservative for outdoor stored alfalfa bales. Um, So MFA, the Midwest Forage Association, did some study on B-Wrap and um, looks like it can help maintain the relative feed value alfalfa round bales stored outside long-term, and that funding was uh, provided by Midwest Forage Association, and the research was done by the University of Minnesota. Um, So they compared the B-wrap to plastic twine and net wrap on conventional and low-lignin alfalfa bales. Um, So if you're going to store it for 90 days or less, it doesn't really matter what type of wrap you use, Um, but if you're storing it for more than 90 days, the B-Rep will pay for itself, um, and that's from Krishona Martinson. So she's a University of Minnesota equine specialist. Martinson conducted the research with colleagues Alfredo DeConstanzo, extension animal scientist, Craig Schaefer, forage agronomist, and a graduate student, Amanda Ryder. Uh, so there is a, a little bit of a price increase from it, but apparently, depending on how long you're going to store it, it will... Um, do a better job. So usually the cost for a wrapped bale um, somewhere between a dollar and dollar twenty. B-wrap bales are going to increase that price uh, to eight thirty-three per per bale. Um, so uh, in addition, the other wrapping price, I should say, it's a dollar per bale for twine. Um, so yeah, it's pretty big jump as far as price, but hopefully the quality will would hold out. So if you're looking for something and you are storing your hay outdoors, might be an option for you. So now let's go into our egg history minute. Gotta love that banjo. All right. So today we're going to talk about the invention of the bale knotter. So it kind of goes along with our spotlight there, talking about the B-Wrap. So John Appleby grew up on his farm in Walworth County, Wisconsin in 1859. At the age of 18, the concept of a knot-tying device struck him while he was working in the field. So vivid was his mental picture that it stopped his chores got out his penknife, and fashioned a model of the hook device from a piece of applewood. As he continued with his idea, he was aware he needed capital to move it along, so to go around simply showing his idea to people could lead to other people stealing it, so he 
put his wood carvings in the attic, where it remained for many years. And in intervening time, many other new farm machines were invented, yet no one was too in- able to invent a workable twine binder. So during the Civil War, while serving in the Union Army trenches at Vicksburg, Mississippi, Appleby invented a magazine and automatic ammunition feeder for rifles. In 1864, he sold his invention for $500. It was resold for 7000 But Appleby still made enough money to launch his farm machine venture. So as he had that seed money, he then developed that into a product. Appleby knew that twine was the answer. He organized the Appleby Reaper Works in 1874 in Mesomania, Wisconsin. After persistent experimenting, he patented the Appleby Knotter in 1878 and a binder in 1879. And in 1881, Appleby sold his invention to Cyrus McCormick for $35,000, which at that time would be quite a bit of money. So twine binders completely replaced wire binders by 1882, and twine binders using Appleby's principle continued to be used on 90% of the grain harvested today. So kind of a neat fact there with the bale knotter, and explains how it got into the hands of McCormick right there. So kind of neat that it came from Wisconsin with John Appleby. All right, if you like what you're hearing, and... Uh, maybe not this episode quite as much because it's just be my by, me by myself. But normally, you know, the four of us are here talking about a lot of these same types of topics. So if you like what you hear uh, and you are looking for an independent agronomist, you can go to search NAICC, the National Alliance of Independent Crop Consultants, and look there for a list of consultants in your area. If you also want to help us out, you can teach a f- friend, a farmer friend in particular, how to listen to podcasts if they don't already. Um, so, you know, help with their phone, figure out an app. Um, I use Podcast Addict myself. You can use iTunes, depending on what kind of phone you have. And set them up with a podcast app. Search T- TTR or Tilt Talk Radio and get it set. Uh, like our page, like us on iTunes and you can also like us on Facebook and Twitter at Tilth Talk Radio and watch that for updates on when new episodes are released. So now we're going to move into our cool beans, and that's corny for the week. Normally the other guys would help me out, so I've got a uh, special helper today. A little video clip here, so cool beans. Cool beans. Cool beans. Cool beans. Cool beans. Cool, cool. Beans. Beans. Cool. <laughs> Cool beans. All right. Today's cool beans, we are going to once again return to 2020 and look at one of our more interesting finds for this year, the murder hornet. And so they destroyed, the USDA found and was able to destroy a nest in uh, Washington state. They used a vacuum to suck out all the murder hornets. Um, But the interesting thing is how they found the nest. Usually the nest can be underground or in trees. And so um, they can be very difficult to track down. Well, Washington State Department of Agriculture came up with a plan. They captured a live hornet, affixed a trackable radio tag to it, 
and released it, following it back to the nest. So they let one of the hornets lead them back to the main nest. Hopefully in the hornet world, snitches don't get stitches, but so it helped them uh, find the nest. They were initially having some issues, uh, some failed attempts. They would lose track of the tracker or lose the bug, but ultimately they were able to use it, led him to a dead tree, and they were able to spot hornets moving in and out. They vacuumed out 85 hornets and caught 13 more with a net. So there you go. Take that, murder hornets. We've got you figured out. All right, so that's our cool beans for the week. And our that's corny is a little political, normally a venue we stay away from, but uh, with the election, it's kind of hard to avoid. So the Ag Committee Chair, Colin Peterson, was defeated after three decades in the House. So Michelle Fishbach, a well-financed Republican and former Minnesota Lieutenant Governor, and who was endorsed by President Trump, soundly defeated Agricultural House Agricultural Chair, Chairman Colin Peterson in a strongly conservative western state district, according to unofficial results from Tuesday's election. The blunt-spoken Peterson was a supporter of the farm program and played a prominent role while Democrats were in the minority in blocking Republican proposals for huge snap cuts in SNAP as part of the 2018 Farm Bill. So, long career in politics and saw his time go down. Uh, there's He was the chairman, and along with him, there were, I believe, three other positions. So, Three of the four corners of farm policy, capital nickname for the chairman and minority leaders of the Senate and House Agriculture Committees, be occupied by new faces in the next Congress come this January. And there's still some um, openness who, as to who will fill the other seats, but uh, Peterson will not be returning. So that's the way life goes, I guess. And now we'll finish off things with our egg idiom for this week. And that is don't count your chickens before they hatch. Uh, so that one is don't make assumptions and rely on something you're unsure about. So it's always good to make sure you know the outcome or at least have a pretty good idea of what's going to happen before you count on anything. Uh, it can be as simple as, you know, figuring you're going to work a 40-hour week and then you break your leg and <laughs> end up not working any hours. That's really going to hurt in the paycheck. Uh, so always be sure to plan ahead and try to do your best to know what is going to happen before you get yourself too involved. So that'll do it for today. Thank you for listening. Uh, today we talked with Wieder Schnitzel, a German dairy farmer. We also... In our spotlight, looked at BRAP for crop protection. Ag History Minute, we talked about the invention of the bale nodder. And Cool Beans, that's corny. We talked about murder hornets, as well as some changes happening in the House Ag Committee. So thanks for listening, and as always, happy farming.